Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to the Armor Report. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. This is a midweek update. Thank you for joining me. I promised that I would do this update on Saturday. So for all of you who are there Saturday listening, this is me delivering on that promise. Real quick, ground rules. The Armour Report, for those of you who don't know, is um, a show about stock market investing. It stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. Okay? And this is what we call... Uh, quantum mental investing, the combination of quantitative execution using algorithms, combine it with a fundamental foundation. That's the information edge I share with you every time I do this show. Today, what we're going to talk about is um, the stock market in general. And is this the end of the correction, the beginning of the next leg higher? I'm going to answer those questions using armor algorithms. Okay. And I'm going to share with you different scenarios that may play out this week and how we're going to attack them on the Armour trading desk, okay? And don't forget, I don't know you. I don't know your risk tolerance. I'm not telling you how to invest. What I am doing is sharing 30-plus years of experience in the trenches taking grenades. And from that, I've developed what I call the Armour investing way. It's a strategy. It's a process of putting capital to work where we put ourselves on the right side of probabilities over and over again when the reward's worth the risk. And over time, we build net worth that way. And we do it with three particular stages in the process. One, we build our whiteboard, which is the fundamental part of our work, where we we build a list of names we want to own and we do research on them. Two, we use the armor algorithms, the quantitative part of our work, to tell us when to commit capital, when to take it out of the market. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. And the third stage is risk management, where we employ various stop losses along the way, along the life cycle of our investments, to protect principal and to protect profits. Okay? What we're going to do today is look at the market indexes, I told you all on Saturday that the risk monitor, which is something that can be found on our website. By the way, right down here, you can subscribe to the website, armorreport.com, A-R-M-R report.com. There's a free subscription for an email letter, which I call an action alert. I send those out throughout the week if there's something important to say. Some weeks you won't get anything. I don't just send spam. I send what I think is important that's actionable. You may not hear from me for a couple weeks, and then you'll see a couple of new reports. That's free. The other subscription, obviously, is a deeper dive into a conversation just like this, where we share time all day long on our Slack Armor trading desk. So you get real time the thoughts I'm going to share with you right now. In fact, Armor insiders that are watching this tonight Guys, forgive me. I'm going to be going over some ground from this morning's Armor Insider morning call. For those of you who don't know, we start every day at around 8.30. Don't 
Don't hold me to it. <laughs> okay. Every day with an armor insider only video call to get ourselves ready for the trading session. And so I talked about this this morning and I wanted to share it with um, all of my YouTube followers today so that you're prepared for how to handle the market action and the end possibly of the correction that lasted four weeks. Okay. So if you enjoy this, give me a thumbs up. Of course, that always helps. And you can subscribe down here. I'll get rid of that. So let's first start by looking at the, um, the S and P portfolio, or I should say the S and P index. We look at the uh, ETFs of the top seven indexes. And we have proprietary algorithms written for each of the seven that drive our risk decision, which I call the risk monitor. If you're an Armour Insider, you can go and see on our website, the risk monitor. It's very simple. It's colored red, green, or yellow when the seven algorithms give us different signals. So for the last few weeks, we've been risk monitor red, meaning as much cash as you want to carry, now's the time, protect capital, we're not putting any money to work. And what I said to you fr uh, Saturday was, it's possible this week the risk monitor will turn to green. And of course, Armour Insiders found that out Monday morning or Monday afternoon when the market closed, that the risk monitor turned green. Okay? What that meant was we had confirmation across all seven indexes. The algorithms of all seven were telling us the window is now open to put capital to work. And the armor investing way is to put capital to work within five days of that risk on entry point. Okay? So Monday of next week will be the last day we put money to work for this cycle. So let me share with you a chart pattern. This is the S&P. Okay? And I'm just going to keep marking this up as we go. You can see the last time we had a risk on buy signal was right here, green, green, green. Then it turns to yellow where we're managing success. Then it turns to red as we go back into cash. Okay. And now on Monday, we had risk monitor go green. So what does this mean to me? This is kind of what I want to share with you tonight. The armor algorithms are not a crystal ball. They're not about being right 100% of the time. Nothing is. It's not an, a neural network that's trying to guess the future. All we're doing is using probability algorithms to put us on the right side of statistics over and over again. Okay? And we do it when rewards worth the risk. And we do it with confluence. So those of you who know William O'Neill, and we'll talk about him in a minute, the O'Neill way is to look at volume and follow-throughs, okay? And I respect that. However, in all of the algorithmic research that we've done here over the years, we've discovered that confluence across indexes is more important than volume. Now, I'd like to see volume come in, and that will confirm our entry point. But generally speaking, the Armour Report's going to be a little bit earlier than O'Neill. Not always, but sometimes. Okay? So what we do is we use the S&P, the Dow, the NASDAQ, the small cap. Those are our four big indexes. And our secondary indexes are the momentum, the value, and the IBD50, which we consider to be 
the best way to monitor disruptive growth stocks, which are real leaders in this market. When you see all seven give a risk on entry point, it's um, an indication that you're getting institutional flows of capital across the whole market. And so statistically, this is what I would expect when we look at the data over the last 5, 10, 15 years. On an average year, you might see three or four, let's call it four, green risk on entry points. We're going to lose money on at least one of them. We expect to make money on three of them. One of them is going to lose money. We're going to get long. It'll reverse, break back down. We go back to cash. Okay? We've had two entry points so far this year. Okay? The first entry point was back here on the market bottom. We had a three bars up, and we got, we got long the market right in here. This was a risk-on green entry point. This was late March, early April. And of course, we had a huge run. The second entry for the year was right here, late June, double bottom at the moving averages, perfect setup. The reward to risk was right. Those of you who follow me know I was pounding the table that day saying, this is it. This is your entry. What's your risk? It takes out the 200-day moving average on the downside, takes out the low of the 15th, and we go back to cash. The reward if we're right, is enormous. The risk is manageable, minute. So we were aggressive in the first couple days of that entry point. Okay, and we had a real nice run. So this is number three. This is entry point number three for the year. This is statistics again. So it doesn't mean just because it's the third entry that maybe there's a higher probability it's going to be wrong. That's not true. We could have three or four profitable entry points in a row this year, and then next year have a couple of entry points that fail. So it, it's not a guarantee of where we get the failure. So what we have to do as managers is look at the entry point in relationship to the pattern and the location of the markets, and we get a better feeling for the reward to risk ratio. So what I want to share with you tonight is that yes, we're risk on here, but that this entry point is not even remotely as attractive as this entry point here or the entry point early in the year. The risks are a lot higher at this stage. The reason being we're locked in a downtrend. There's no double bottom. Okay, this was a simple double bottom over a month long period right at a moving average. Here we broke below the key moving average. We've tried to recapture. I would be much more excited if the market came back down, tested the low, and set up a double bottom right near the 200-day. I would hit that buy signal with all of my guns blazing. This particular signal, not as attractive to me. Now, the Armour portfolios, the Armour Report, if you go to the armorreport.com, subscribers know this, we have three portfolios set up that we share with you. One is an armor index only portfolio. And all that portfolio does is follow these seven indexes and execute using the algorithm. It doesn't care what the chart pattern looks like, what the location looks like, any of these things I'm telling you about. That portfolio doesn't care. It just executes 
the algorithm based on percentages over time net worth grows. That's it. That's the philosophy of that strategy. So that strategy is 100% invested right now as of Monday. Every index, all seven. And we just run it very simply. Each index gets 14.3% of the portfolio. That's just 100 divided by seven. Okay? Put the money to work. Follow them to completion. Those that get stopped out get stopped. The ones that stay, stay as long as they can possibly stay. That's how we run the money. The other two portfolios, the Armour Aggressive Portfolio, which mirrors my own personal capital, and the Armour Conservative Portfolio, which, as its name suggests, is a little more conservative than how I run money, okay, will be putting capital to work in the first five days of the risk-on entry point. Now, typically, you'll hear me say that I like to put money to work as close to the buy signal as possible as close to the stop as possible. So on the other two entries this year, in day one and day two, we were almost, by the end of day two, 100% invested. Maybe we were 75 to 85%. And then in the last couple, you know, in day three, four, and five, we finished out the portfolio. This buy signal to me is not as attractive. So it's flipped on its head. Right now in those portfolios, we have maybe... 20 to 30% of the portfolio, maybe 40%, 20 in a conservative, 40% in aggressive, okay, invested in stocks right now. The rest is cash, and we're waiting to see over the next couple days if this signals for real. If it is, we'll add more names between now and Monday. And how do we do that? We go to our whiteboard, and we find individual stocks that have the same type of risk-reward optimization using algorithms, as the indexes. And those are the stocks we buy. Okay? So we build our whiteboard. Some names we're going to miss that are popping off and flying before we're ready to buy them. Other names, you know, next man up. There'll be other names that come out, and we'll start, we'll, we'll fill out our portfolio. Okay? So this is a risk on entry point. It would suggest that the correction is over. We're putting capital to work, but we're doing it at a cautious pace. And here's the reason why. Along with the, the location of the chart pattern doesn't look right. So when I say that, what I really mean is you can see this is the resistance, this red line on the S&P. And the market's just gone right up to it. In fact, it touched us this morning and immediately backed off. What makes it a little suspect to me is this is the last couple of days right here. The last couple of days of the quarter. It's classic, classic for institutions to mark up their portfolio into the last couple of days of the month and the quarter. Makes their performance look better. They get paid on performance. That's a no-brainer. What would convince me that that's not happening is a lot of volume on this run. Now let's go take a look at volume. Okay. I'm going to share with you a chart of O'Neill now. Okay, the O'Neill chart shows us that huge volume came out of the market as it sold off. And except for today, and don't forget, this is month and quarter end. And all of this volume spike happened in the last 15 minutes of trading. Up until then, the volume was minuscule. 
So what we've had on this rally attempt back to the 50-day moving average is anemic volume, except for the last day of the quarter, which is typical. They print a lot of volume in the last 15 minutes of trading. So that may, that may be a follow-through day. I'm, I'm very curious to see what William O'Neill will say tomorrow about that trading session, because theoretically, that's an accumulation day. But I would submit to you that closing in the bottom half of its range is not what we wanted to see with the market. So in conclusion tonight, what I would say to you is, statistically speaking, this is an entry point. We are putting some money to work in our portfolio. We're doing it at a conservative pace, letting this week play out. If we get a strong weekly close to the market, you can be sure we'll be closer to 100% invested by the end of the week. Closer. Okay? If the market rolls over in the next couple of trading sessions and it's a down week, we'll be carrying our cash and depending on our stop loss disciplines, we might be raising cash. Okay? So, those are the thoughts for tonight. I just wanted to come on here midweek and share that with you because I promised I would. I'll take a couple of questions now. Um, anybody who's got a question out there that'd like to, to ask me, you can fill up the chat board and, um, and we'll work through it together. So, Butch, what's up, Brett? How you doing, my friend? Any thoughts on overstock? All right, let's take a peek at a couple of things. Okay, um, let's call this chart chat. And I'm going to start doing some of these really brief chats for you guys. I'm going to do videos. I'm going to do videos, guys, and I'm going to post them under a new playlist on this YouTube channel. I'm going to call it Armor Chart Chat. And I'm going to take one symbol at a time. I'm going to mark up the chart for you so you could start to learn technical analysis, the basic fundamentals of how to find chart patterns that I find compelling. Okay? So um, I find them compelling. I'm, I'm using all types of technical analysis. I've been doing it over 30 years. So I'm going to share with you that wealth of knowledge and I give it to you. I hope it helps you. Okay. So right here, what we're looking at is overstock. So it had a rip and, uh, a rip and rally and a pullback right to the 50. And now it's trying to set up. So um, theoretically, Butch, I, I like stocks that have a huge run. And then a pullback to the 50. I like to buy the first pullback to the 50. I like to look for an entry point. I don't see an entry point right here. Not yet. Okay. So what I, what I try to do um, what I try to do, and this is very important. I don't just buy stocks because they've come down to a location. I buy stocks because they've come down to a location, in this case, the 50 day and they give me a trigger. Now, I use algorithms, single stock algorithms, to tell me the trigger, where the risk rewards accurate and, and optimal, and where the probabilities are highest that I'll make money. And then I use my stop loss disciplines to protect myself. Okay? So there's nothing about overstock that's set it up that way right now, but it could be something good to put on a list and see if you get that reversal trigger. Okay? Um, 
Is it worth getting into XLE at this low point? Absolutely not. I would stay away from, you know, it. let's look at it this way. And don't forget, guys, I'm giving you my advice and my opinion. You guys could do whatever you want, right? You want to go bottom face, go for it. But I look for relative strength with a nine in them, but usually a zero after, right? Like 90. A nine relative strength is god awful. And so while you're waiting, sitting on this egg, waiting for it to hatch, you're missing unbelievable upside in other companies that are disruptive growth, what have you, with 90 relative strengths that are breaking out or setting up on the 50-day. I mean, here's a perfect example. You guys have heard me talk about Datadog for a while now. And so there's the Datadog breakout today. Now, that's the first pullback to the 50 after a big run. So that's kind of like... Um, a little bit like overstock. The first pullback to the 50. Overstock has a it's pullback to the 50. Now it's, it's below the 50, so you need it to recapture. So look at Datadog again. Datadog was below the 50, right? It broke below it, set up a pattern, broke back above it, and that was your time to get long Datadog. And now it's blowing out, okay? So it's an opportunity cost of money, Butch. I don't want to waste money in a nine relative strength hoping that one day it turns around. All right. Yes. I'm waiting to get back into a, a GDX for sure. Okay. So I don't buy GDX. I'm, I buy the, my favorite mining companies inside of GDX. The 85 relative strength is acceptable, but what I don't see is a trigger here yet. There's no reason for me to buy that yet. So fundamentally, I still believe, you know, uh, clearly believe in the, uh, precious metals strategy, but I have to wait for the right trigger. And I don't even see a setup yet to give me a trigger. This is like in no man's land to me. It's not down at the 200 day. It's not above the 50 day. It hasn't put in a double bottom. I don't know what this thing is doing. So I have to wait no matter how much I love it. Kilo Kilo, how are you, my friend? All right. Hi, Brett. Appreciate your insightful comments. Thank you very much, my friend. Thank you for those comments to me. Um, could you so your thoughts. Okay, let me take a look at these names. EPLT. Platinum. All right, take a look at platinum. So William O'Neill is going to draw a cup and handle on platinum. And I always talk about how I like to buy weakness in the midst of strength. And so what you want to do is buy the bottom of the handle. You don't want to buy the breakout. O'Neill likes to buy the breakout. I say, I don't want to wait for the breakout. When the breakout happens, I already want to start making money. So a pullback right to the 200-day and a gap back above it, that could be an interesting look on platinum. So not a bad-looking chart there. TPI, TPI, composite, okay, it makes wind blades for wind energy. I don't know much about this company, so I can't really guide you. N not a terrible chart. 92 relative strength. Pull back after a run. You know, not, not a bad looking chart. I really appreciate that, Butch. You pass on my, you know, my page to uh, coworkers. I really appreciate that. Thanks for helping me out. This is all grassroots. You know, I started the Armour Report in January. 
dharmareport.com if you all want to get a deeper dive into what we do here. I just started it in January, and, you know, it's really just grassroots. There's no advertising. There's no marketing attached to it. It's just me sharing information with you. And those of you who want a deeper dive, you want to have, you know, one-on-one contact, you want to see what we're doing in the trading desk all day, you can join us in the Slack, uh, the Slack trading desk room. So I appreciate you helping me out there and spreading the word. Green Ghost, I thought red meant spicy. And well, <laughs> very funny. Red was spicy and he went all in. I love it. Um, all right, New York Jets, Brett. Dollar breaks um, and holds below 92 and a half. Well, silver and gold run. Thanks. You know, um, I was just talking to a friend about this today. Let's take a look at gold. I'm gonna, I mean, you know, the dollar real quick. And what I would say is, first of all, don't forget, there are times um, that we can go back and look in history where gold and the dollar go up simultaneously. So it's not a fait accompli that the dollar rallies a bit and gold has to go down. In fact, I don't even think that's why gold and silver went down. If you look, there's an unbelievable connection between silver and gold and the E-mini future for the S&P, which is ridiculous. But HFT algos trade the correlation for some reason. And when the market got whacked, they brought down silver. You know, if the market decides to rally from here, my guess is silver and gold are going up. So it has less to do with the dollar than you think. But if it actually broke below here, yeah, I mean, that's just further, you know, impetus for precious metals to go higher. But I care. I don't care as much about the dollar chart and and the metal as as a lot of people do. All right, uh, New York. If you have time, I bought Schmuckers last Thursday. I thought it looked good. Any thoughts? What's the symbol on Schmuckers? What do you got for me there? Any more questions, guys? Fill up the chat board if you have a question. Otherwise, we're going to wrap it up a little bit early tonight, okay? Let's see. I think it's... uh... Hmm. You got for me, Mr. Jet. You got a symbol for me? All right. Rob M. Good evening, Brett. Thoughts on run. Oh, Rob. Thoughts are I missed it. What a bummer. Nice to see you, Rob. What a bummer. You know, run looks awesome. And I'm just going to have to wait for the next go round. So my thoughts are if you're on it, ride it as hard as you can. Let it run. You know, use a trailed stop. Um, If I had to, let's take a look at um, run. Let's pretend I actually owned it. So I can live vicariously through you you if you do own it. All right, so what I like to do for targets and stops in a situation like this, let's go with four standard deviations. So this is going to be four standard deviations above the 200-day moving average. And typically when it gets there, I mean, it got there here and it ran for a bit, okay? If it gets back up to that four standard deviation line, I'd probably sell some, okay? Um, If it doesn't and it just keeps running like this, you know, I like to use the 50-day moving average as my stop. But when the moving averages start to fan out, like see back here, the moving averages are all tight to each other. So I'm going to use the 50 in here. When it starts to get fanned out because the stock is going up so fast, I move up to the 25-day moving average. And if it gets even crazier, 
I might even use the 14 day moving average. Okay. So just use those as your trailed stops and let the thing run. <laughs> Pun intended. Okay. We got schmuckers now. S J R. Shaw communications. Oh, S J M. Like, okay. Look at that chart. That's an interesting little chart there. Let's go with SJM for a minute on O'Neill. 63 relative strength, not quite breaking out yet. I'd like to see the relative strength break out ahead of the uh, stock. I'm not seeing that. Let's look at the weekly chart. All right, so th this is my question for you. And this is what I do with all of my investments because you know there's an opportunity cost of money. And so we can only buy so many names since so we want to buy the right names and we don't want to buy something we have to sit on for months or years for it to give us uh, a return. So ask yourself, what is the catalyst to drive schmuckers? And I don't want to hear it's because people are living at home eating more PB&J. Like there's got to be something better than that. Is there some type of new management team, new business opportunity? Um, you know, here's an example. You know, years ago, years ago, I made a lot of money on Wrigley's, the, the gum company, because they were expanding internationally. You know, and they were shipping to China. This is years ago. You know, same thing with Coca-Cola, right? So you have a brand that's big in this country, and then it starts to really expand in, a, in, a, you know, in another a geographic location. And so you can start modeling up performance. That's what analysts do, and that's what institutional investors do. And so there's your trigger, your new fundamental piece. So I don't know the Schmucker story. But if you have something like that, then maybe it's worth it. Okay. Um, Southeastern, how are you doing? NIO. Oh, wow. Look at, look at that chart. Here's the only problem with this, okay? I'm looking at this chart here, okay? And I'm not, please, don't let me stop you from doing it. This is my own personal opinion, like all of these things are on this show. Um, but I refuse, I refuse to buy Chinese stocks. I won't do it. If it's a Chinese company, I don't buy it. And it gets back to opportunity cost of money and how I like to invest. The armor investing way is to do research on companies. The research I do is I get on the phone and talk to management if I can. I listen to conference calls, I, you know, all these types of things. I can't possibly do that with Chinese companies, number one. Number two, I really respect the accounting rules in the Western Hemisphere. I don't know what they're doing in China. And that really bothers me. So I can't look at the, the, the I, I can't look at any of their numbers and, and actually believe what I'm seeing. And it's, it's hard enough in the U.S., right? In the U.S., companies are fraudulent. I, I just can't tell what's going on in China. So I just avoid those names. If you can make money there, have at it, man. I mean, I know a lot of people make a lot of money in China. So I mean, no disrespect. It's just my own personal preference that I stay with what I know, because I have so many ideas I can invest in. I may as well stick to something that I can actually analyze and have confidence in what I'm doing. Um, okay, guys, 
All right, I'm going to wrap it up for tonight. This was just a shorter show than our weekend show, but I look forward to seeing you, know, you guys on Saturday, and we'll update it again. We'll see where were we at the end of the week. If the market closes strong, you could be sure we'll be adding stocks to the portfolio. If there's a weakness and a sell-off and a lousy-looking weekly candle, we won't be. Have a great night, guys. I'll see you on the flip side.